Welcome back, Pels fans, to the Holy Hardwood Podcast with Pat and Tony, All-Star Break Edition. Your New Orleans Pelicans sitting at 33-22, and 22, 11 games over 500 going into the All-Star Break, and are currently fifth in the West. Uh, Pat, I just want to welcome you back, kind of get into things. It's been a few weeks since we've kind of uh, talked about the Pelicans and uh, what we've been seeing from them lately. Uh, you know, this Pelicans team ended the uh going seven and one in the last eight games Uh, i believe the last time we talked we hadn't hit the trade deadline yet and uh, i guess you know a few topics to discuss um on this podcast today here with you is uh how the pelicans look before this stretch you know you saw a couple you know ugly wins uh before the break you saw a really great uh victory blowout victory against the clippers but then in turn, you do get blown out by the Lakers again on their home floor. So just wanted to bring in uh, always a good time and just kind of see where, you know, your head's at on where the team was, how how they, um, you know, manage themselves during the trade deadline. And then uh, the last, you know, eight or so games, um, you know, heading into the break. Yeah, for sure. Um, like you mentioned, it has been a little bit, so. Um, you know, eager to get back on here and, and chop it up about what's occurred over the last couple of weeks. Um, I think you touched on two pretty large, um, you know, points in the season. Obviously, you know, there's always a couple of milestones throughout the throughout the duration of a season, one being the trade deadline and then, you know, the next one being the all-star break. Um, that's really a, you know, a point in the year where everybody uses as a, as a point to start judging your team compared to other teams you know you've had enough um you know enough of a sample size to really draw some conclusions for what kind of group you've got um when compared to other teams whether that's teams that are you know preparing for the back end of this year to be a contender or or teams that are starting to you know look to play young guys you know start to sit more vets and start preparing for a season that ends in a in a you know a return to a to a lottery pick so always a very interesting time of the year. And, and like you said, had a, had an eight game stretch there that you could look at and, you know, on paper was, was seven and one. And, and that might drive a lot of the narrative that you might hear, um, you know, from, from other individuals who just look and see and say, Oh, the Pelicans ended the year or the, the stretch of this part of the season at seven and one, you know, um, they're heading in the right direction. They're a team to watch, yada, yada, yada. Um, that's certainly one way to look at it or, or there's, you know, a viewpoint of that, that, that you're not very impressed. And, um, you know, I think there's more worrying signs than positive signs, but again, that's, that's really open for, for anybody's interpretation of, of how they really view the team and, um, them on a night to night basis. So yeah, I'm excited to hear what, what your thoughts are and, um, happy to dive in. Yeah, Pat, just, uh, you know, great being, uh, here on the podcast with you again and, uh, like you said, we're going to chop it up a bit here. And, you know, from my perspective, like you said, you can say seven and one, um, you know, pretty light part of the schedule there where you could beat up on some teams. But like I said previously, you know, a lot of ugly games against those easier teams that, you know, it's kind of the same mistakes, same things happening. You get up big and you let the team back. And um, I definitely agree that, you know, there was a time or much needed time for this all-star break to, you know, happen for this team. Um, 
Uh, like I said, again, had a really impressive win against the Clippers, but then, you know, the next time out, they go and get blown out by the Lakers. Uh, pretty bad matchup for us as well. So, I don't know, Pat. It just seems like the more and more we get on here, it's more of the same. And, yes, all, all the credit to the Pelicans. And, you know, probably earlier in the season, that 7-1 and one stretch probably goes 3-4. and four. So, I give them the credit to, you know, actually – taking advantage and getting these wins, but by no means were these pretty or, you know, anything to look towards being like, oh, yeah, that was pretty impressive besides that Clippers game. So, you know, 11 games over 500, I don't think that's happened too many times in the Willie Green era. If I think maybe it was last year at the very beginning before Zion got hurt, and that might be it in the last couple years uh, for some of these guys who have been on the team. So, I mean, certainly that's good. And, you know, you got a 27-game stretch here of, you know, fine-tuning everything like you said, and I'm sure we'll get into some of the roster construction that we did and how we didn't see, you know, any moves on trade deadline day. So you kind of stuck with the team that you brought in at the beginning of the year. Um, so, I don't know, I'd like to kind of pick your brain as well on kind of where you saw, you know, the team, like I said. Uh, 7-1 stretch, but by no means was it something spectacular in my point of view. Um, I was more thankful to get to the all-star break, hopefully have a week where all these guys could regroup and, you know, come back, you know, hitting the ground running for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, starting there, I think that's a good place to start. I mean, you and I probably have a different opinion on this because I think you, you made the comment that, you know, they were seven and one and it was ugly but, you know, you were at least happy with the fact that they found a way to win because earlier in the season, um, you know, they might have went three and four or, you know, two and five during that period. And, and yeah, that that is correct. And I, that's a perfectly, you know, fine way to look at it. And and maybe that's just, you know, you looking at the, the, the record aspect of it and maybe just kind of looking at it at a surface level because you didn't have much time to go into that. But for me... I, I'm I'm less moved by that, to be honest. I mean, for me, that feels like we're just kind of like lowering the bar just to have them meet whatever that expectation is. To me, they didn't live up to that expectation. I'm less concerned with the fact that they went seven and one because of who the who they played on their schedule. It, it means it means absolutely nothing to me. Um, when looking at the last four or five games, I saw regression. I saw a team that. Um, is yet again showing me that they lack maturity. They lack the ability to handle themselves as professionals on a night in night out basis. I really couldn't care less about the fact that there are 11 games over 500 because there's a lot of teams are among the league that, you know, you can point to and say, Oh, well, they're having a strong season because of, you know, their current record, but that, that record doesn't really show you, you know, the level of production they're putting in on a night out night basis. Like, yeah, sure. They're eleven games out over five hundred. They're they're right there with Phoenix. They're they're only a couple games back of, um, you know, whoever it is that are sitting in those top four seeds. But, you know, in all reality, they haven't produced anything that would make you have any level of confidence that this group is going to do anything noteworthy once they hit this back end of the season, right? I, I mean, they've made comments that yeah, they want to hit fifty wins and. And great, yeah, the, we can we can chop that up and say, oh, well, that's the most wins by far under the Willie Green era. This is the best this team's been since, you know, the mid to late 2000s. Like, that's fantastic, but what, is it, what does it yield you? What is the end goal? 
Is the end goal just we're here to win 50 games and then whatever happens, happens? Because if that's the case, then I feel like you have to completely shift every bit of conversation around this team because that's not the expectation that I would expect to have. And if they do internally, well, then that's a larger problem at hand um, by itself. You know, to me, I don't view this team as a title contender yet, but I view this team as a team that should be striving to maybe position themselves to be one additional leap away from being a true championship contender. And I don't see that. I see a team that at the very best, if everything, you know, kind of falls into place, you have health, you get the right matchup, you do everything, you at best, you're probably winning one series and then maybe try to make a second series competitive. To me, that doesn't put yourself in a position where, okay, well, you're either just going to have that natural maturation process that a team will go through, or you make another move, and boom, you're right there as one of the top teams in the league ready to contend, right? There's a step in between there that they're still going to be, you know, missing. And, and when you look at that, that still puts you, you know, two to three years away when you really don't have a two to three year runway, right? I mean, the league is younger and more talented than ever. Um, you have the next crop of guys coming up while the current crop of, you know, superstars are trending out of the league. You have, you know, superstar level guys in your own division when you look at a guy like Victor Wembanyama that you know is already having an excellent season and it's going to be difficult to win games so like you're in this weird time crunch where you're a little bit in the middle but at the same time you have a mixture of young talent and some veterans and it feels like you're just kind of dancing around and to me I'm not overly optimistic and I feel like for the most part people need to reassess what their expectations are of this team before you can make a you know, definitive statement on how you really view them. Because for me, you know, and a lot of that might just be the fact that, you know, I've mentioned it. They haven't given me a lot of, you know, material that I've wanted to, you know, break down or, or talk about this. It just feels like they're kind of skating by and they're not grabbing the bull by the horns and going for it, which again, isn't, you know, abnormal, right? That's hard to do. But it kind of falls on deaf ears and gets old when you hear it time and time again that, okay, they're ready to contend, they're ready to do this the right way, they're ready to do that, and they don't do it, right? Like, it's great that they went 7-1. and one. That was the easiest stretch of the year that they, they had. They should have gone 7-1, and one, so I'm not going to give them credit for doing what exactly they should have been doing. They weren't playing a good brand of basketball. They were actually playing a poor brand of basketball through the duration of that, and one that I feel like they limped into the All-Star break when in all reality, they shouldn't have been. This is by far the most healthy they've been in three to four years. Guys are on the floor. They've, you know, they've built out a, enough depth, right, to not have that be an Achilles heel of theirs as other teams have had. They've added things to their roster, like shooting in, in small portions that they've needed, and yet it still feels like they're really not that close, and I think that's a problem. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on, on that sentiment. Um you know, for me specifically, I, I was pretty, you know, underwhelmed that there was nothing being done at the deadline. I get it. There wasn't a lot of things out there, but I always think that with the picks that you have or the, the crop that we have, um, you know, as an organization, like you're telling me that we couldn't have went and gotten somebody. Um, I get it. You might say, well, this player might not be. Uh, you know, worth going out and giving up this pick or this pick. But I mean, at the end of the day, you don't, you can't tell me that we couldn't have gone and got a shooter like Buddy Heald or. Well, yeah, you know, but why? Some, but why would you? Why would you put yourself in that position when heading into the trade deadline they hadn't 
giving you a reason to do that. Is my right. It, right playing devil's advocate? Like, sure, right, right, it's yeah, great. Yeah. Go add whatever player, and you just think on paper it makes you better, mm-hmm. but you haven't done anything to prove that you're of the level of a team that should go and do that and should spend assets. And I'm, I am more, you know, spend asset oriented than probably anybody else, and spend the money and do what you need to do. But also at the same point, I'm not just going to throw something on the wall and hope that it sticks when everything that I've been shown isn't that it's not going to stick like it's not going to work because of you know one or two or three different variables that you're dealing with that that you just see you can't seem to figure out right and you can point fingers at whoever you want and in whatever way that you want to do and chop it up and in whichever format you know fits your narrative or whatever it is it really doesn't matter the point is they're not of the level of a team that is positioning themselves to not only just win a championship because they're not there but to take themselves like seriously, like I, I think it's a problem that you you see a team that one night you know you'll hear somebody say, "Oh, this is a really dangerous team in the Western Conference," but in the, the next night you're looking at a team that if they don't take care of business, you wouldn't be shocked if they're in the play-in and, and losing their initial play. Like that's too big of a of a delta between who they really are, and that's the true problem. And that's not because of talent; it's it's because of a lack of professionalism and a lack of maturity. Right. That's like at this level, everybody is, is super talented. Everybody has the ability to win games. But the teams that are true contenders are because they found a way to be mature, be a professional, lock in every single day of the of the week, no matter who you're playing or what you're doing and bringing the same thing over and over and over again, night after night after night. And yeah, sometimes you're going to lose, but there's not going to be this drastic difference between how it looks. And that's the problem is because. Some nights they, they're going to be locked in and want to play hard and do whatever it is, and the next night they want to take it off, when in reality, all reality, they haven't done absolutely anything, their entire careers, any of them, to warrant the fact that they should feel obligated to take a night off. Right? They have, they have a lot of really talented players, great players, that you know have all these great physical traits and characteristics and all these things, but you look 1 through 12, nobody on that roster has done anything. So I, you know, that's my problem. Is it, and I think a lot of that comes from the top, right? And I can't put it all on the players. I'll put a lot of it on them, but I can't put all of it, right? I think it's a, it's a systematic approach that has failed them to this point. That they need to find a way to either correct, and if they can't correct it by who's there within those four walls, then they need to look outside of the walls to find a way to resolve the issue, or just accept the fact that this is who you are and you never will be anything more than that, and save everybody a lot of time, money, and patience and move on from it. But it's time to quit playing limbo, right? It's either you're healthy at this point, you've put yourself in a fair enough position in the standings. Now the next 27 games, you either get it done, and if you don't, there's your answer. But I don't want to hear this, oh, well, it was a good year, it was a good run, we got into the playoff. Like, you're setting yourself such a low bar just to say that you hit the bar that there was not even a point of having that goal, right? Like, What's the point of setting a goal if you can do the bare minimum to reach it? It's pointless in my in my mind. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with what you're saying. It's just, you know, very frustrating as a fan, of course, where you're saying, like, this team can look really, really good on one night, and then because of the lack of maturity and professionalism, they come out and, you know, play down to the competition to some of the worst in the league, and, you know, for me personally, I would hate to see them mess around like they usually do, get into the play-in, 
and then you have a one-off against Steph Curry or LeBron James. I don't think that's particularly going to be going well in our favor, right? I will I will put it I will I will put it on the record if they play either one of those two in a tri- in a um playing game. I guarantee you they will be going home. It doesn't ma- it doesn't matter. If they put themselves in a playoff in a play-in situation against any of those three or four teams that could be on the back end there that could fall in there when you're looking at a Golden State, a Los Angeles Lakers, I think potentially Dallas could slip into there. Sacramento. If they play any of those teams, they will lose. Because every one of those teams have a level of professionalism to this point that you can feel confident that they're going to be ready for the moment. They're going to, you know, find a way to, you know, win on that given night. And that's something that they either, or, you know, the Pelicans have not either decided that they want to do or are not capable of it. And in both of those are both troubling, but it's, it's you have to find a way to get in without the play-in or you're done. That's just the truth behind it. And then at that point, right, it's all matchups. And I think, you know, you'd be in a position where the bare minimum of a, of a run there would be you've got to win at least one series and make a second series competitive, right? If you can do that, you can at least potentially find a way to get back on track to where you think this thing was going um, and ultimately see it through, right? But anything less than that at all is an absolute failure in my mind. Um, and that's just me being brutally honest because they've got, they have gotten me to a point watching them night in, night out that I can no longer give them the benefit of the doubt that I once did because I would see sparks, I would see flashes, and you would have variables that would, you know, make you feel like you needed to give them the benefit of the doubt because, you know, oh, well, we haven't seen these guys play together enough games. Well, that's now out. Okay, well, health was an issue. Well, now that one's out, right? Like, as time goes on, you start to chip away and chip away and chip away the reasons that you could point to that they were they were not succeeding, and now there really is none left over besides them themselves. So it truly is is a time where, you know, They've got control of it, and it's fully up to them. Nobody else. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it, it's to the point where the, the talking doesn't matter anymore. I feel like a lot of this was, oh, well, we need to see this happen and them play together and them to be healthy and to piggyback off of all your points. Like, they've had all of those. You know, the the three of you know our stars have played enough together, and it still is a negative. You know, for better, for worse, if you like that combination or don't like that well, combination. I think I think that's probably part of the first problem. We need to stop calling them three stars. They're not right. stars. Right, right. I'm not Correct. saying, no, I'm not saying that there's a delineation between, oh, well, one's a star. I'm saying none of them are stars. And not because of talent. They're not stars because they're not reliable at the moment. That's what makes, the difference between an all-star and a star is not a differential in physical ability um, or skill set, it's reliability, right? The difference between a guy that scores 21 a game and a guy that scores 27 a game isn't because the guy who scores 27 a game is otherworldly athletic and has way more skills. It's because he's dependable. He brings the same thing every single night and doesn't have that game where he doesn't show up, right? That's the differentiating fact. Now, there's a level between being a star and being a superstar, there is physical attributions there and skill sets that do set that apart. But they have three 
all-star caliber players. They don't have any star caliber players in terms of match maturity and professionalism. And if they have that, it's a different story. And I would say two of the three have the physical ability um, in terms of, you know, physical size, strength, athleticism, whatever it may be, and skill set that could put them in a class of being a star. But until either one of them decide that they want to be a star by bringing it every single night and being a cornerstone and being somebody that we can pencil in and rely on no matter what the situation is, who's in the lineup, what the other team's trying to do, you are going to be capped at a certain point. And that is only something that them themselves can take onus on and, and either make that happen or, or not happen. So I think that's the first part. They need There needs to be a change in the way that we view the team and the roster in these couple players because they haven't warranted or done anything that we should be calling them that. It's miscategorizing them that in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes <clears throat> total sense to me. Um, obviously, you, you say that just because that's the narrative, and I, and I totally understand whenever you break it down by uh, the difference between, you know, all-star, star, superstar. Um, you know, I would have loved to say, you know, I think, you know, before this season, uh, yeah, Brandon, I thought he was a pretty reliable guy, but he just wasn't at that, you know, peak level and quite frankly been a little disappointed in his efforts just because you hold those guys to a higher standard. And it just seems like a guy that has all those abilities, like you're saying, and the tangibles, he's, he's kind of taken a couple steps backwards and, you know, I don't know if it's the play style or what, but it's just like you're saying, it's, it's just frustrating. And there's too much now with those guys where it's, Hey, it's your night. It's my night. I'm not going to show up because I know the other two might show up and, you know, quite frankly, you, you, you can't get it done when you're doing that. I'm always to the belief, uh, you know, Zion and BI especially, that they, they've got to be those guys. And regardless of whatever else happens uh, regarding the team, they've got to come out and take the bull by the horns um, the last 27 games. And, you know, you, you, you guess, you, you see what the results are. But, you know, I've been pretty disappointed with both of them for sure. But uh, Brandon, I think, especially since I've seen him uh, at those levels a few years back when he was in that playoff run. Uh, I felt like he really brought it down that stretch. And, you know, this year it just seems like he, he's been a, a little off to me. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that in all reality, you have a 27-game stretch, like I said, that it's going it, – it, you, you won't be able to dance in the middle anymore. Um, one way or another, it's going to shake itself out. Right. And and I'm fine with it's it, we're not even talking about statistical outputs and shot attempts and may like I and percent. I don't care about that. Right. Like that is always going to fluctuate just because over a, a, a 82 game stretch. Right. Like you have peaks and valleys and that's that's fine. But it's I've got to have a desire to, like you said, go and take games from people to go and force your will upon your opponents that I have got to see, right? I, I don't care if it's a guy, you know, Zion goes four for 20 from the field. I need to see Zion playing at an incredible pace, right? As much as he possibly can play, you know, 
at the highest level of speed he can, speed, power, force, and if he needs a break, then we get him a break. But I can't see him playing anything less than that, right? He needs to dominate basketball games. He needs to dominate the paint. He needs to dominate getting to the free throw line. He needs to dominate the glass, right? He needs to do those things because he is capable of doing them. And him not doing them is nothing less than him not having the will to do it because it's difficult to do every single night. There's no physical setback or any limitation that he has that would prevent him from doing so. So that, that, that's my goal for him, is to regardless of the stats, regardless of the efficiency, I don't care what it is, you need to impose your physical will on, on these teams, right? You need to be the dominant force that we know you are when you want to be that. And for Brandon, it's, it, it's almost the other side of it. He doesn't need to be physically imposing. Right, he already has the ability to be long and rangy, and just his size and length already is just a, it's a plus in your column with him just on the floor because of his his size for his position. I don't need that. What I need is him to do a good job, continue doing what he's doing, getting other people involved, right? But he also needs to be a guy that he needs to find his own shots in rhythm. He needs to expand his game a little bit. He needs to not just do what's comfortable for him. Right, He needs to put pressure on the rim as well because he is somebody that, as his size, at his length, has the ability to get to the rim and not only score for himself. Right, He can get to the free throw line, which impacts the entire team, getting the other team into the bonus. Right, He can play make from there. He can do all of those things. But I also need to see him take care of the ball. Right, I need to see him not go into these two, three possession lapses where he's gotten lackadaisical with it and he'll get it. He'll get back tipped, or he'll get his pocket picked, or he'll throw a lazy pass across court. He needs to be crisp every single possession, every single night, right? And he's going to make mistakes, but it's, he needs to have that intention that we saw in that Phoenix series, right, where every possession matters. He's going to go grab every rebound off the rim that's in his area, right? He's going to take care of the ball. He's going to take good shots. Like his is, He needs to be mentally locked in, right? So you have Zion, who's as a physical locked in, and you have Brandon, who's mentally locked in. Those are the two things that I need to see. And really, if they're able to do that, I think it takes care of itself. And and by them playing in that manner, you're going to get to a place where I said those goals are accomplished, right? By having a, an extended playoff run, potentially getting yourself a, a drawn out second round and giving your fighter, yourself a fighter's chance. That will happen if those two guys do what each one of them is responsible for. And if they don't, then I know that they're the wrong guys to be there. And then we're having a completely different conversation and this is a complete waste of time. But setting the bar any lower than that and not having those expectations on them um, is just, it, it's, it's just not fair, right? Like at some point, that's got to be the expectation. Um, if, if they're going to be viewed as stars, paid as stars, and have the responsibilities of stars. Because I can assure you when looking at teams one through four in the West and the Eastern Conference, you can look at each team's top two players and you can guarantee yourself that they're going to do it, right? And that's the difference. I know what I'm going to get from a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown or a Drew Holiday. Like, I know what I'm going to get when it's time, right? I know what I'm going to get from a Kevin Durant and a Devin Booker. I, I know that. There's no doubt about it, right? So they need to get themselves to that level and we've laid it out what each of them needs to do to accomplish it and to consider it a success. But at the end of the day, it's all on them, completely on them, because it's it's not an output related item that can be dictated by other people or other teams. It's simply based on themselves, you know, effort and and 
focus, right? Those are pretty much the two things we're saying. Effort for Zion and, and being locked in and, and being as focused as possible for Brandon. I think that's as, as best as you could say it or, or swing that. And, you know, I, I agree. And it, it, it's about, you know, you know what time to take the training wheels off. I, I feel it's just, you know, you get to the all-star break. It is what it is. Whatever happened, happened. Doesn't really matter at this point. But, you know, this last 27 games, you know, I need to see a different mentality from those guys, like you're saying. And, you know, if there's going to be times like where you go and take that game and, you know, you're forced as a coach not to go to a certain substitution. Like, come on, like we don't need to be subbing Zion, you know, every six minute stretch, getting this, getting that. Like if the, the game calls for him going for 42 minutes and he's absolutely exhausted, you worry about that the next day. Same thing with Brandon. Like, like none of these teams are just going to give you these wins or whatever. Like these two have got to go take it. Like you were saying, you know, physically, mentally being the two best players on the floor every single night. And, Honestly, that's the only way that this team is going to go forward from here. And like you said, after this 27 games, if that's not what happened, then we're having a totally different conversation. Uh, but ultimately, it's it, it's going to fall on these guys um, this last stretch of the game and in the playoffs if they're fortunate you know, to make it into those uh, high, intense games. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, even the point that you made about like, like substitutions and, and minutes and things of that nature, right? I can certainly see a side of the argument that, you know, and, and maybe it sh- it shows itself over the next 27 that, like, maybe the first, you know, 50-something games, right, were kind of, that was kind of their plan, right? Get through the 50, get through the All-Star game, really kind of focus on um, health and durability and keep some minutes, yeah. you know, a little bit lower and kind of get to that point if you were healthy, then it gave you this clear runway to really, like you said, tr- take the training wheels off and do it. And right, like obviously that's what both of us are hoping for. That would be the best outcome is that that was their way of, you know, really positioning themselves in a way that they thought they could be the healthiest when it when it mattered the most. Right, Getting Zion to a point where he got to the back half of the season and was ramping up, right, in terms of, you know, his minutes, his conditioning all of those things and maybe this was something that they structurally set up although frustrating you know you can't fault them if that was their plan and they were sticking to it but like you said coming out of it now it has to be a it has to be full bore it can't be you know this night against this team we see like you're not just you're not just playing these games to accumulate wins you're playing these games to find your identity and see how you're going to win games and, and you need every one of these. Like, you need – I don't need all 27 because of my, my my record. I need 27 of them to figure out how we're going to play and what version of ourselves is the most effective, whatever that is. So, you know, I'm fingers crossed hoping that that was the plan, that now, you know, they really are going to let them, you know, do what's necessary on a night-in, night-out basis in terms of, you know, minutes played and things of that nature and really allow them to do that because obviously they were coming off of a strange year where both of their two top players had, you know, nagging injuries that, that knocked them out of, um, you know, competition for, for a long period of time. So obviously they had to try to find a way to do that. Um, but I can't say with 100% confidence that's that's what they're doing. I'm at a place where I'd be just as, um, or I guess I wouldn't be shocked if, we come out of this break and they're at the same minute threshold and there's no change or, or lack of, um, or sorry, like 
a, a sense of urgency. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if I don't see that. And that's part of the problem. So, um, like you said, we really just have to sit back and, you know, get your popcorn and just see how it shakes out. There's nothing anybody can do about it. It's, it's all them internally. Um, they have everything they need to be on the higher end of being competitive. Um, but it, but it, it truly is just them and, and that organization as a whole. And, you know, one way or another, there's, we're either going to be really happy or really disappointed. There is no middle ground, right? You're either going to be really happy because all these things um, kind of played themselves out and, and we saw what we needed to see, or you're going to be having some very, very uncomfortable conversations and some realizations that will need to take place. No doubt about it, Pat. Uh, like we said, they're definitely going to hopefully be hitting the ground running here. They got a back-to-back to start um, after the All-Star break. Houston and then Miami's coming into town. So, you know, two teams very capable of coming into your home building and, you know, beating you down a little bit. So um, that's going to be the first test, especially as, as these first two games at home. And, you know, hopefully – you know, that was the plan, like you said, and if it wasn't, then hopefully they've kind of rerouted and, and, and said, hey, like, this is the time, this is the moment we've been waiting for for the last, you know, two, three years since we've gotten this band together. And like you said, it, it's just so vital to what this team is going to be like in the next, you know, two months or month and a half, hopefully in the playoffs, you just got to figure it out and I guess that's the blessing and the curse of, you know, having to sit back and watch it and, you know, see it game in and game out. But um, that's what I'm hoping for. And I think you are as well. And uh, I think this was really good uh, getting on here again and chatting with you. And uh, like we said, it's been an up and down and frustrating season for sure. And I I just hope that, you know, they can look forward and and take this seriously because I think they can do it. It's just, like you're saying, these guys becoming stars in front of our eyes. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better. I think I think that is the main concern. That is the top priority. Um, you know, the, the, the league is driven by stars. Um, if that's what they become, like you said, before our eyes, if they take that step um, personally and collectively, I don't think you have anything to worry about, right? The that will be the um, the downstream reward of them becoming stars is that you are going to win the games you're supposed to. You are going to go on a somewhat deep playoff run, you know, longer than this franchise has had in, in some time, right? Those are all going to be fruits of that labor, you might want to say, um, is those two taking that step. Um, and that should be the main focus every single night. And it shouldn't be from a statistical standpoint it should be from a mentality standpoint um you'll be able to see it it'll be evident um you know and and i and you'd love to say it's 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 every single possession right um but but at some point right it's not it's not physically possible to do it you're you're always going to have some form of a letdown or or disappointment or you're going to make mistakes right but like it's not going to be something that you are wishy-washy about we're going to come out of this very reassured on one side or another right everyone is going to have a very clear picture of what has unfolded over the last 27 and at that point it's really all laid out for you so like you said hoping for the best hope these two take the opportunity um really by the horns because you know as you've seen across the league nothing is promised guys careers are not promised um, um the ability to 
play at a high level and being healthy is not promised. That can all change at any given moment. And to sit by the wayside and to simply just let those pass you by um, would, would be a large error and, and one that I would, I would certainly hope these two um, don't allow to happen. Greatly put, Pat. And, you know, I think that's just going to be the ending here for me. Um, like I said, two very pivotal games to start out um, these last 27. Houston and Miami at home, and hopefully that gets gets the ball rolling here. So excited about those games coming up, and uh, I'll see you in the next one, Pat. Yep, enjoyed it. Take care of yourself.